What's up party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as 5, 6, 7, 8. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. The Ins and Out Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, I speak to my biggest inspiration, the one and only Marty Kadelka. Marty Kadelka has choreographed for the likes of Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson, Pink, NSYNC, and many, many more. It was an absolute privilege to speak to him, and I'm so grateful that he came on the podcast. He gives us so many great stories, and we get so much great advice from this podcast. I hope you all enjoy. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and make sure you subscribe to listen to more amazing people. Here is the one and only Marty Kadelka. Hey, Yo, what up? What's up, man? How are you? What's up, Big Kane? How are you, man? I'm good, man. Yeah, this is getting a familiar sight seeing you sitting in that bird cage. Yeah, man. This is live from the bird cage. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying these lives. Quarantine's the best thing that's happened for us dancers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It it, it kind of worked. It, it's working out for the better. Yeah, I feel like people are training like their brain and their knowledge instead of just steps. Absolutely. Which and, you- and a lot of people probably didn't under didn't even realize that how much that they need to train their brain, you know? So this is, this is good for everybody. A hundred percent. How are you surviving? How are you coping out there? Cool, man. You know, same thing, different city. Practicing We're all them, going through the same shit. Practicing them trick shots, I see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see my boy Patrick in here too. He's my trick shot partner. We got uh, a new one maybe coming out today, by the way. Yeah. How many, how yeah. many takes, how many takes do they get before you get a good one? I ain't gonna lie. It it we we average it probably takes about ten between ten and fifteen. Okay. It's normally so, about twelve or thirteen. Like a music so, video. You used yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's about that many <laughs> yeah. takes. Yeah. You used that. And, and especially what's hard is like like when I did the one where I was on the roof and then he was on the ground, like if he makes it then I miss it. And then if he misses it, I make it. So you know, it, it's a lot of work and parts. It's harder than it looks, actually. Yeah, I bet. You know, but you getting, know, it's get, choreography, man. We're choreographing one way or another. Getting creative in a different way. Yeah. Absolutely, brother. You good out there? Yeah, man. It's, do you know what? A lot of people are saying how much they hate it, but I've, I'm, I don't want to say I'm enjoying it because I miss, like, life. But, like, I get to spend more time with my girl than I normally do. I'm training new things. I'm actually taking more class via like live classes and stuff than I would be taking classes when work life is on. So it's kind of nice. It's kind of making me dance for the love of dancing and not for the paycheck again. 
Yeah, that's what's up, man. Good, 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 man. Good you, to see uh, you. And you, man, are you missing that work life? Yeah, I'm. I'm. The crazy thing is, I'm still kind of working. Like mm -hmm. it, uh, my my jobs, all my jobs went away, just like with everybody's. But then I've like I taught a live class yesterday. I taught one the day before the quarantine started. I've done now like a tutorials for monsters for Millennium. I'm doing another Millennium on Thursday live class, and then one of my jobs that went away actually came back this eurovision you know about eurovision yeah 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 so it eurovision's not happening but i was in charge of germany and they're still the artist is going to still do a a, a a a smaller version of what we were going to do but just for german like people oh sick so we've it's weird though it's a different way of working like we had to have five of us at a studio to record something and we all had masks on stood six feet apart like we're trying to do go by all the rules you know what i mean and yeah. and and we have to do everything via you know video video which sucks but I'm blessed to be working still, you know, but yes, sure. I, I do miss the normal what were or at least what was the normal, you know, work life because I, I, I just like to be busy. So that's the hardest thing, you know, like yeah. I haven't been on a plane in I don't know, a month and a half. And that's we that's never happens. How, how often do you normally fly? Oh, man, like a few times a month, at least so you get them air miles in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is so that that's kind of weird. But you know, like I'm getting to spend time with my family that I normally wouldn't get to. So yeah, I can't complain. Yeah, I I saw the when you did the live the other day, and your son came out and basically told you he did something naughty, and you're like, I gotta go. And I was like, that dad life. <laughs> yeah, man, it's no joke. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's yeah. Dope. So man, I'm so so happy that you said you come on. Uh, I started my podcast just over two and a half years ago. And I sat in a, I did one in a hotel room, with my friend, and he was like, what's your goal then? And I kind of started spitballing the idea. And I was like, my goal is to speak to the people that inspire me and hope that they can inspire other people. And I'm quite fortunate that in the past 10 years of being a dancer, I've got to meet like incredible people that most people don't have access to get to talk to. So I was like, I want to try and share that with, I guess, people all over the world who maybe have never got the chance to hear you talk or pick your brain in conversation or learn from you in a studio. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So That's it's dope, dope man. man. Thank you so much. Um, so I want to start off, like, obviously, if anyone's watching this and doesn't know who Marty is, Marty is the choreographer and creative director for many artists, ma mainly known for Justin Timberlake. I feel like everyone kind of puts you yeah, and Justin together. Absolutely. <laughs> but obviously, you've done many things. Do you just want to name drop a few? So for people who don't know why they should be at listening to you well i don't know if you should be listening to me but uh, <laughs> but yeah no i've been blessed enough to work with people like justin of course and um janet jackson was my first big break and after that came pink mariah j-lo um i mean just just those that's enough yeah the, the, uh, the names I mean? if, yeah if, so if, a few names that you may have heard of before yeah, for sure. How did you get into dancing, bro? Like, because you're from Texas, right? Yeah, from is, Texas. Is dance big there? I mean, it is now. And, I know, you know, I know line dancing is big there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to that's what I was just going to say is when 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 I started dancing, I was I was more around 
country western type stuff like yeah. that's just what texas is about that's you know which i wasn't i wasn't ever about and still i'm not in the country like there's a couple of songs that i know but that was never part of my life which is which is weird but i started off when i saw the movie breaking i was like nine years old and i immediately just it i just felt connected to it you know maybe it was the music yeah. Maybe it was because the way they dressed, you know, but the dance really stood out as well. And, and that was my first initial me falling in love with dance. Yeah. Were you trying to be turbo or ozone? Uh, I was trying to be turbo. Yeah. yeah. I, was to, I, was, I wanted to break on the ground more, you know, yeah. like I tried to pop a little bit. But like back then, everybody in your crew, I was the young kid in my crew and everybody had like a specialty. So you didn't really, if you popped, that's all you did. If you like were, if you were a breaker, you just got on the floor, that's all you did. So that's all I tried to do. And my, and then my mom would tell me to, you know, stop, you know, you're going to kill yourself, which as a nine year old, you're like, all right, I'm going to do this more when she's not around. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I got hook, line and sinker, man. At nine, that's quite early. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just because that's when the 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 movie came out. Like, I wouldn't, I probably, if if that wouldn't have happened, I probably because after a couple years of of like trying to break, it kind of went away in the South. Like, it, we thought it was a trend. We didn't know on the East Coast, on the West Coast, it kept going. You know, but we so no, we all just stopped dancing. So I was like maybe eleven or twelve by then. And then I didn't dance again until I was 14-ish when I went to middle school because – or 13, 14, because I went to kind of like a, a, a hood middle school. Mm-hmm. So I went to a dance, and literally, like, everybody's standing around. And then all of a sudden, some jam comes on, and all the girls are dancing. And I'm like, this is this is dope, but why aren't all the, any of the dudes dancing, you know? So then <laughs> – I remember I'm like, well, yo, I used to break a little bit, you know, like I wasn't just going to start breaking, but I'm like, yo, I, I can like get out there and hang. So I, I walk my, you know, little butt out there. And next thing you know, I'm like dancing with like 20 chicks and they love me because I'm the only dude out there. Yeah. So that got me back into dance kind of, it's a silly, a silly reason, but that, that would have probably, if I wouldn't have saw the movie breaking, that probably would have been my intro to dance. Yeah. You know? Um, and did you start like just freestyle again or did you go to like a school or did you take classes at a studio? I freestyled my whole like first maybe two two or three years. And then finally, I was teaching people too, actually, but mm. just not at a studio. There were, there were no hip hop classes at studios at that point. Mm. Um, you know, it was just jazz, ballet, tap, like maybe modern, which is now, you know, contemporary. Yeah. Um, so... I was teaching some of my homeboys though, because they couldn't dance and they're like, they saw that it attracted the girls. So they're like, yo, you know, I'll take care of you. You just hook me up. So I started making not, I didn't make money, but I would get like at lunch, they would buy my lunch sometimes or something, you know? So it was kind of a cool little system we had. And then I would teach them after school and stuff. So by the time I turned 16, I was like, I always wanted to make money. Uh So I was like, how can I make money? So I, maybe I can teach. So I literally drove around my city until I saw the first dance studio. And it, and I'd seen it before. It was super close to my house. It was called Tiffany School of Dance. And I basically walked in there and just like a cocky kid and said like, 
you know, and sorry if people, you guys heard this before, but um, I walked in there and said, you know, hey, I'm Marty and can I teach a class here? You know, like she owed me something. Yeah. And she's like, what? You know, they're not even open for class. It's yeah. before classes start. And then she said, well, um, well, what do you do? And I'm like, I dance. What are you talking about? You know, I dance like and she and I'm glad there's no like video of this because I was like an a-hole. <laughs> and she was like, well, can you just show me? And I'm like, yeah. So we walked into a room, you know, and it's my first time being seeing a mirror with a stereo, you know, sound system and good floors. And I'm like, oh, I said, OK, oh, this is easy. And so I showed her a routine that I had made up and then she was impressed. And she was like, oh, that's pretty. That's that's cool. I think people would love that. And I'm like, that's what's up. So where's you know, what's up? Where's my class? And she said, well. I'm not gonna let you just teach a class. If you're gonna teach a class, you gotta take a class. And I was like, I'm not taking no class. What class am I gonna take? And she's like, you can pick ballet, jazz, tap, you know? And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> and, you know, and, and then I'm like, well, thank you. And I forget exactly how it ended, but I basically said no. And thanks for letting me, you know, show you my stuff and whatever. And then I left and a couple of days went by and I'm like, yo, I'm just going to get through a class so I can at least teach because I really want to do this and I want to make some money and, you know, and just see if it works and uh, kind of like just to test myself as well. And I went back up there and they were having class and I took a jazz class and I figured that was the least amount of harm. And I had no idea, Kane, it was, I had no idea of what was going on. <laughs> like, by the time you started dancing, there was hip hop class. And yeah, you, could yeah, go yeah. In and you, could, you 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 know it counts. You know yeah. somewhat probably. Nah, she's like five, six, seven, eight, and one, two, and I'm like, she's so stupid. Like, why is she just stopping at eight? Like, she can't count past eight. Like, it's so dumb. Like, and then she's like, we're gonna go across the floor, and I'm I'm literally like, yo, I'm gonna kill all these girls because I'm fast. <laughs> like, I'm I don't I'm thinking we're gonna run. You know, like, and she's like, and then they start doing like turns and stuff across the floor. And I'm like, what the, f what? So it, that was, that's how I, it's, it's a great story and it's true. And that's how I got into teaching as I, I basically did everything in reverse, you know, like yeah. I started because after that, that just gave me like, I did, I knew I didn't want to take class at that point. I knew, but I knew I loved teaching it after I got to teach my class. Mm -hmm. So basically I was like, all right, thank you. Peace out. And I, I went until I found another studio that would let me teach. So I started teaching before I took class, basically. And theoretically, you, know? you booked your first job before you started teaching. <laughs> ah, I never, I never looked at it like that. But in a way, yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah, you booked your first Absolutely. audition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Enter the, enter the casting, Mr. Godelka. <laughs> Off you go. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but then once I, and I don't, I'm not saying that's how it, what everybody's path should be. Everybody's path is different. That was just mine. And, but I did eventually go back. Once I started teaching like hardcore when I was like 18-ish, by, by the time I was 18, I was teaching like 20 something classes a week about Man. Um, and then, then it got worse. Like I got more and more, like I, at one point I was averaging 25 classes a week for like four or five years straight, I think it was. But 
by the time I was 18, I was comfortable teaching and had a lot of classes and had it kind of down to a science. And, um, you know, and I, I was young and so I was hungry. And mm -hmm. so then I started taking class. So when I wasn't teaching, I would go into somebody else's room, take their class or even take like privates from somebody to get better at something, mm -hmm. you know, a different style. Um, so that's what you students out there, that's what you should definitely don't be too comfortable. Like make yourself uncomfortable. Yeah. What other, what other styles were you taking? Did you do like any foundational training besides breaking? Did you do like locking, popping, house or ballet? Yeah, tap? I didn't, I didn't train. I, I, my training in like hip hop it, with, with popping and locking was all self-taught by watching videos and like training with other dudes who did it. But we never, we just practiced and we, we, we kind of knew what we were doing. But once I, once I really learned later in life, we had no clue right <laughs> yeah. we were just i mean we did a pretty look at looking at how it's supposed to be done and what we did like for not having anybody tell us what to do we 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 had some shit, but the true foundation of where it comes from and the history of everything we didn't learn any of that because there was nobody telling us mm -hmm. and like the ogs at that time weren't putting out videos and stuff yet mm -hmm. that came a little later so but at the studio, I would take, like, I would, you know, try to take some jazz classes. And I took a couple ballet classes, but not a lot, but enough to learn some terminology, um, you know, what the positions are, so on and so forth. You know, mm -hmm. I can do a mean double pirouette on yes. any given day, super clean. <laughs> yes. um, and, uh, but yeah, I, I would take different... And, and other people's hip hop classes that weren't like mine, mm -hmm. you know? And that's a big thing, just to, to add on to that, that's a big thing in LA sometimes that people, um, if you are thinking about coming out here and training, like don't get too comfortable taking just one person's class. Even mm -hmm. if you really wanna work for that person, that's good. You need to stay relevant in that class, but you still need to take other people's class and not just to politic you need to take those classes to learn how they work even if you think there's stuff maybe you're not going to take somebody's class if you think it's garbage but if you think their stuff is just okay and it's not your jam mm -hmm. they're going to be the ones hiring you for stuff and you're going to yeah. have to do it and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna come your jam when you're making money doing it on the when, job yeah when you got a paycheck you'll do when you need to pay rent you'll do any job <laughs> That, yeah, and that is, you're like, man, this stuff bangs. This is a slapper, yeah. yeah. So why not get ahead and learn that stuff now? You know yeah. what I mean? So, so what, what, what made you transition from Texas to L.A.? Um, well, I knew kind of young, like maybe by the time I was like, well, not super young, but like 19, I knew that I wanted to move out here. Um, but I started making trips out here and I knew that I wasn't ready yet. Mm -hmm. Like I came like four or five times before I eventually moved and, and once a year and which was perfect. And I would like highly suggest that too. Like some people want to rush it and just like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And, and again, that may be good for them. But for me, my, my, what became my routine was coming out here checking my level of where I'm at, training, going to clubs, sneaking in clubs, going to, you know, seeing the best people on earth freestyle and go, man, I'm terrible. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm good in Dallas, which is crazy, but I'm terrible. And then trying to figure out once I go back how to get better in Dallas. So yeah. the next year I can hopefully be able to, you know, yeah. say, but it took years, you know, and then I, I, so I always knew, but it was basically me testing myself for all those years. And then finally, the last time I would just said, okay, I, I know I need to be there now. So I'm just going to give myself two months and if stuff pops off then i'm going to stay if mm-hmm. nothing pops off then i'm going to come back home and luckily stuff popped off so how and old are you then like 22 24 24 yeah okay I, i'm 40 45 now so i've been here almost 21 years it'll be 21 years in uh june 6th yeah you need to have a celebration <laughs> you have an anniversary oh, for sure. like welcome welcome back sure. 21 years in yeah man <laughs> uh so when you got there what was the process like then was it like was it like it is now where you're like you need to find an agent you need to find a click like a group of people how did you get jobs how did you get recognized then you you definitely needed an agent you definitely needed to like find groups of people to hang out with and get down with um but i didn't have it i started auditioning there was it, the, the one thing that was different so it was same in all those aspects but back then, it was like the vi- music video heyday, mm-hmm. like the late 90s, early 2000s, and mu- uh, video award shows and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, what's up, Hamza? I see you. Yeah, he's calling uh, you out. He's saying you crash auditions. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> so, the, basically, uh, the first audition that I ever booked, I crashed the callback to Tyrese's audition. And I ended up booking the job and I got caught by Frank Gatson was the choreographer and he caught me because there was only 20, like 23 people there, I believe. And then uh, that signed in, but there was 25 people in the room and me <laughs> and my boy, Mike, Han- Michael Andrews, rest in peace. We, uh, we, uh, both crashed and we got caught and he like, we had to raise our hands like, yeah, that's us. And who are you? he had no he knew mike but he didn't know me and but he let me stay and i booked the job so yeah uh, you you must have been dope because if you crashed and been whack they wouldn't have given you no job you know what i mean yeah i was but i was on a mission bro because i was you remember jason right yes i was living on his couch and we both went to the initial audition and then he got the call back and I didn't. And I know I know he did well at the I remember he did well at the first audition, but I roasted it. And I'm I like and if I was trash, I would say I'm trash. But for this audition, I was on fire and I didn't get it. So I was like, what? No, hell no. <laughs> and and it was like meant to be like the song that we auditioned to was uh this remix that Tyrese actually it was his remix. And I had been studying that song for the prior like two weeks. So when I walked into the callback and then got caught and then because we didn't dance to it at the initial audition, we danced to something else. So then once once he said, yo, this is like, listen to this song. This is what we're going to do the combo to today. And then they played that song. My eyes were so big and I was like, oh, it's over with. And then after the audition, we had a freestyle cypher and uh which happened a lot back then at those auditions which was super dope yeah they don't do that now (laughs) 
No, not at all. And they let the same song play. And so I was already on that musicality thing and not a lot of people were like a few dope dope people were but not a lot so i just tore i mean it was destiny like i tore apart this song <laughs> and to where i booked the job you know man i never asked frank why why i didn't make it past the first day i don't <laughs> even know if he knows that story but yeah that's a dope story it's crazy man First job crashed. <laughs> yep. And that's how I got my agent because I called the agency. I signed in under Bobby Ball was the big agency at the time. And I signed in under them and basically called them and said, yo, my name is Marty. I'm from Texas. I, I just moved here and I used your name at the Tyrese audition and then I booked the job. So what do you think? You know, and they're like, oh, well, yeah, oh, can yeah, you come yeah. in and meet us? And yeah, we'll take commission. Basically, yeah, yeah, because we're going to make money. So that's how I got signed. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. When, when you first moved there, did you, like, I remember when I first moved to London, I had to kind of adapt to what was popping at the time. And in London, sure. it was more like jazz funk kind of stuff. And that's not really what, you know, I like to break dance. I like to do like explosive dance. Or I like to kind of, I was inspired by Justin, like, I love you. I like your to go and do like jazz funk and brian freeman was the the in thing at the time so i like had to adapt and be like okay i've got to learn this stuff real quick and kind of get okay if i'm going to make some money did you have that the same day um yes and no there was so many there was way more auditions than there are classes now right not mm -hmm. a lot of people taught back then like they're like it was just a handful of people who taught maybe like 10 people where now there's hundreds you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. there was more auditions going on because of all the work. So you kind of had to learn on the job, but it's basically what you just said. You had to, you had to get good at it then immediately. Like you couldn't go to their class and most people's who were doing the auditions, you couldn't go to their, their classes and learn their style better. But you, what you could do is learn what they've done in the past and go back and watch other like videos they've done or live shows they've choreographed. Mm -hmm and kind of watch there because you can learn it's so easy like if you everybody every choreographer has carryover moves everybody has stuff that's their signature moves you know what i mean mm -hmm. where if you really want to get better at someone's stuff it's not that hard it's just a different way of going about it back then mm. you know um but same thing if we would hear like if the audition was in two days from now and we hear like uh rosero and jamal used to be a choreography team like mm -hmm. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to go watch stuff. I know they did this. I know they did that. I'm going to go watch that their stuff so I can kind of see what I'm getting into, even mm -hmm. down to like what kind of fashion they like. Mm. It's know? weird, isn't it? How you go, if I dress like them, then I'm in too. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> it's but like, it works. It, yeah, you know what sure. I mean? It, it, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a mental game. It's not, just, it's not just about how dope you can dance. It is about that, but yeah, there's so many things that go along with it. Uh, so once you start getting those jobs at the beginning, was your, cause obviously I feel like everyone knows you as a teacher and a choreographer. What was your dance career like? Cause I feel like not many people get to hear much about that. Yeah. Oh, that's good, man. You're right. That's, um, it, it, it wasn't super, super long. Um, it lasted about, well, no, it, because when I, that's not true because even when I started choreographing, I still danced a bit. 
Mm-hmm. But as just a dancer, because, you know, I couldn't just move to L.A. and say, hey, I'm a choreographer. Where's my job? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I had to earn my stripes. And um, I mean, I did a bunch of stuff, man. Like, you know, not like Eddie, you know, my boy, Eddie Morales, his his resume. Scroll like it's some, nuts. Some how much, it's, it's, a, it's like a whole series of books. But, um, you know, I started off with Tyrese and I only it was only a one job gig. And then a couple of days after the gig happened, then Frank called me and was like, yo, you uh, I want you to go on tour with Tyrese, just me and one other dancer, which his name was Dante. And he was actually the choreographer as well. Frank was in charge. Like he's more like the creative director and Dante was the choreographer who did all the steps. Mm-hmm. So me and Dante went on tour uh like that was within my second month of being here i you know i was in london doing with tyrese on tour it was wild man that's dope you know taking pictures in the you know the red phone booth for the first time you know being a (laughs) total tool and tourist and um then i after that tour was not long maybe like a month and a half or something then i came back and then i had to start grinding as a dancer again and I did a bunch of commercials and Gap and Old Navy and Coke and mm. uh, just as like a dancer for other people and um, work with a, a gang of artists and Christina Aguilera, Nelly and Rand, like a bunch of random yeah, people, dope. man. But I would Nelly. Do, uh, yeah, uh, at the VMAs once for Fatima, actually. Uh, yeah, in Miami, it was wild with Eddie Morales, of course, and uh, <laughs> that's crazy. And um, but yeah, I did, I did, I stayed pretty busy the first like six or seven months, and then mm-hmm. by that time, I was already teaching, not for a lot of people, but I was already teaching at two like random studios mm-hmm. on the outskirts of LA, and because I knew that's what I wanted to do as well as choreograph, and. I booked a, a dance job for this uh, Asian artist named Coco Lee. I don't even know if she's still around, but she was huge at the time. And the choreographers were Seanette Hurd and Gil. Yeah. And I knew them from Janet's work. And it was me and Sky Hoffman were the dancers for this gig. And, and we direct booked it. We didn't have to audition for it. Hey, that's dope. Us. That's dope. Yeah. And I, and, uh we already knew each other because he was actually on the first my first tyrese job he was a part of it so uh and atheon crockett too if y'all know who that is shout out to atheon and um we were in rehearsal and basically it's a really long story i saw try to sum it up but Uh shanette saw me rehearsing for something on on our break asked me what I was doing afterwards. And I was like, well, I'm a choreographer and a teacher. So I, I'm going to teach class later tonight. So I was going over my combo. She's like, oh, that's dope. Like, well, me and Gil just started choreographing together because I really want to be a director, but I know I can't just do that. She was basically doing the same thing that I was doing on a different level. Yeah. She was doing the choreography gig to try to get to be a director, director. gig. So she teamed up with Gil because he was more of a choreographer. So she was like, I'm looking for other people to collab with, Mm -hmm. you know, would you audition for me, basically? And I was like, hell yeah, Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) 
And so I, I, I auditioned for, I thought it went really, really bad. And eventually that's how I got to choreograph for Janet, Seanette and I, because Seanette, or no, I'm sorry, before Janet, Seanette basically hit me a couple of days after I auditioned for her. And she went to other people's houses too. Mm-hmm. She, she even like, she was trying to get in my head, but she was like, after I was done, that basically thanked me and like, but had this like mean <laughs> grill on her face and like, yo, thanks. That was dope, man. You know, you're dope. And, uh, but just to be fair, I'm letting you know, like I'm going to so-and-so's house after this, I'm going to this person's house after them. I'm mm-hmm. not just seeing you, you know, and I'm like, oh shit, that I'm yeah. definitely not getting this. But a couple of days went by, then she called me and like, yo, I really want to collab with a co- on a couple things. Do you want to do it? We did those things. And then that's how Janet ended up seeing our work from the other stuff that we did for other artists. Um, and that all happened fast. So basically by my 11th month living in LA, I was choreographing for Janet, which yeah, is, doesn't that's, happen. That's crazy. Crazy. But even though it was only my 11th month being here, you know, you got to think about all those times coming out. Oh, for sure. For sure. You put in the groundwork. For sure. And all those, you know, I don't know if I've ever done the math of how many classes that is for that long of a time, but thousands and thousands of classes leading up to that. You know what I mean? Where that was, hi, buddy. So that was, um, uh, like definitely the the best training ever and i got hated on don't get me wrong i was well that's what i was just about to say like i bet people who'd been there for like 10 years and still hustling and were like this guy's not even been here a year and he's booking he's done Uh, a tour he's choreographing for janet like did you get like could you feel the negativity from people oh absolutely yeah absolutely i had to that's why i still kept auditioning too as a dancer even after I started choreographing stuff, I big stuff too. I mm. still like I went back on the road uh, I, with I did a pink tour after that. Like um, I like I did mad dance stuff whenever I would have downtime from choreographing because I wanted to like I wanted to do it because it's fun and it's you know my, part of my job. But also I wanted to like show people that I was dope. So I I remember being in certain rehearsals, like where, say for instance, I did a job with J Lo. This is before I choreographed for. It was Tina Landon's job, and oh, sorry, there's a bee bee coming in my <laughs> face. Shit, don't want to get stung on Instagram. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, It'll go viral though. <laughs> yeah, shit. Um, but I I. It was Tina's job and the, I mean, the people that were in the room, like there was like 20 something of us. It was for an award show. I think like the teen kids choice awards or something like that. Mm. And the dancers, some of y'all new kids won't know all these people, but like Gil and Tice DiOrio and yeah. Robert Vincent. And I mean, and all the girls who the hot girls, everybody who was the it person was at this gig and then me and I had already choreographed a couple things and I was on everybody's radar and getting hated on a little, not by everybody, but by some people. And I'm in this rehearsal and all I can remember is like, cause Tina would be ruthless and her, did you ever work with Tina? No, I never worked for her. I auditioned for her, but never worked for her. 
well, she's like the nicest, fairest person, but she also does things to get in your head, like which some of the stuff I I would steal, like making people go two at a time, you know, and sometimes like you know only she didn't do this in her rehearsal, but like you know only do your feet or whatever, like mm -hmm. put your hands in your pot, that kind of stuff. But she would do other versions of that, and like, and then every time it would be just like two of us going you know everybody else goes to the front and watches and it's like oh my god this is insane like and again you didn't get this is the only time that this happened because they're there it happened in some people's classes but it, it, it's not like it is now now this happens yeah. in, in every class class every class yeah i mean there's, <laughs> it's cameras now so it's like yeah you know, you're shooting a it's, movie every class <laughs> uh, you know i mean it's mad production yeah uh, lighting you know yeah. like you i mean i've been Millie in classes where there's team millie studios where there's, <laughs> yeah i mean mm -hmm. I, I teach at a class in germany that has fire have you seen this studio no <laughs> yeah this dude mike <laughs> defunct i i think it's called defunct studios in germany he has you can i have shit if you go through my old instagram dog yeah they have pyro full-on <laughs> fly like yo it's crazy <laughs> while you're teaching and you're on stage with it but that, that's off topic but yeah but i can remember in these in this rehearsal like i'm getting sized up and so every time i go like i gotta fucking roast but luckily i did and i could even hear people like oh yo he's dope like giving me props to one another you know what i mean and i had to like prove myself so then it was it it totally like helped me out you know what i mean uh -huh. and showed that i really wanted to do this because i wasn't just waiting for the next choreography gig i'm still auditioning to be in shit yeah so, you're earning respect from the other from your peers i guess absolutely when you so when you first started like obviously that's you were choreographing and still doing dance jobs when you made the big leap into like just choreo how when how long did that take when you were like i'm not gonna dance anymore i just want to choreograph um i always kept dancing on most stuff mm. unless it was like you know an all girls piece or something or i wasn't right for it i always because i didn't get my total dance fix in mm. you know what i mean so i was like i you know i did two tours with justin i was gonna and, say you did two you know yeah so i i and the and the second the second one i almost didn't do Cause by that point I was really busy after, after justified, that's when like the peak of my career was nuts. Yeah. And you know, I was blessed and at, there was, but there was points there was like, I was doing like three gigs at once and flying across the world. And like, it was physically impossible to dance at the same time. Yeah. So that kind of showed me like, oh you ain't got to do all this you know whatever yeah. but then when me and justin were putting together the future sex tour he kind of talked me into it because you know we, we figured out where the stage was going to be in the round and i'd never done a show like that he'd never done a show like that so we're like oh this is going to be fun yeah, like that, you know that that uh, that tour changed the game for dance man like oh, thanks I, man I, I feel it's like, my favorite yeah i feel like it's one of those like it was one of the first times where we saw dancers not be a separate entity from everything like you know it was always like the band yeah. the dancers the artist and i feel like you really captured the the human aspect of dancers sure. as opposed to just being like 
choreo from beginning to end and then bounce. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, man. We did our job. Then. Yeah, you did. 100%. Yeah. How I'm did so you? Gla I'm, I'm so glad that I did that tour, though. It was the, one of the funnest times of, of, of you know, yeah. my life, period. You know what I mean? A lot of good memories from that. And, like, and, and it teaches you a lot of things as a choreographer, too, being a dancer on that stage, because you, you have to, you have no back. You have no backstage you know yeah. what i mean your backstage is under the stage you have you're not safe at any moment meaning you know if you're performing out this way the people you still got to entertain these people <laughs> back here so as a choreographer you have to definitely figure out different ways to you know make the crowds happy if you have all the dancers on one side then you best have some content playing on this side or uh, you know, a live shot of Justin on this side if he's on this side because you don't want to piss mm -hmm. these people off. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's like a, you know, a big, like, goodwill hunting math game that you're doing. Yeah. So. Was Justified yeah. the first tour you choreographed? Yeah. Uh, no, the first tour I choreographed, big tour, was Janet's Offer You Tour. And were you just a choreographer on that or did you have creative director too? No, just a choreographer. Uh, me and Seanette, uh, it was Janet and Seanette that were the creative directors. And then me and Seanette oversaw all the choreography. Mm -hmm. um, me and Roger Lee probably did the most. Seanette and then Gil did a, like two numbers with us. Tavares uh, did a number. And then, of course, like we kept Rhythm Nation and all that stuff, of course. You know, the original uh, stuff. Um, and If... Tina Landon, uh, and Anthony Thomas, Terry Bixler, mm -hmm. Rhythm Nation. Um, but that was my first tour choreographing, and that was crazy, man. Because, that, again, that was only, like, a little over a year into being there. And I'm doing, you know. Yeah, the biggest gig on earth. <laughs> yeah, the biggest gig on earth, like, with somebody I looked up to my whole life. And, you know, around all these dancers that I followed, you mm. know, didn't know their names, but knew all their faces. And now this is happening, you know, yeah. like. how? What was it like going from being, obviously, you're the dancer and you'd always been choreographing steps, but obviously choreographing a show, a tour is so different to doing class choreography or just a combo. Like, what was that like to understand and learn? Did you just click to it straight away or? Yeah, because again, back in Dallas, we, I had been choreographing. So I had a great mentor by the name of Roger Lee. Um, and another dude too, I don't mention enough. His name is John Powers. Uh, he was like my second mentor. And uh, they were both like six years older than me. And they, they taught me a lot just by watching them. And mm. dancing in their numbers, because in Dallas, they would get the numbers first, where, you know, people weren't coming to me until a few years into me choreographing. And then once I kind of developed my, the style that I do now, I was doing back in Dallas, which is crazy to think, because it's over 21 years ago. And yeah. I was doing it back then, just nobody had seen it. So once I figured that style out back home, and because I wasn't dancing like that at the beginning, I was choreographing just like I would how Roger would choreograph what I would see him. And I would just try to emulate 
something like he would do just my own steps. Mm -hmm. But then once I, once I created a style, then I was like, then I started blowing up a little bit. And now I'm competing with Roger and John for these jobs in Dallas. So I had done more choreography than a whole tour would put out easily, you know, by the time I got doing it. So, so putting it together didn't seem odd, but mm. it felt surreal of who I'm putting it together for. Yeah. Like there, every single day I'd go to work, I'm like, this is not real. Like, but the, 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 the work aspect of it was easy. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is, I've been doing this. It's just a lot more people are fixing to see it now, you know, which yeah. puts the pressure on you like, like me and Seanette, when we would choreograph together, because some stuff I would do by myself. Um, but when we first started out, we really tried to like put every kitchen. Can you hear me? That yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, okay. Um, this is just where I get the best service. Yeah, you're there's good. people mowing lawns and shit. Um, but I, we would try to like choreograph like all the moves. If you watch, it doesn't really matter, which was the first song that we did for Janet. It has like 8 billion moves in it because that's what we thought. Like, yo, everyone's going to see this. This is the first thing we're going to put out there. We have to make it hard, which is not the way to choreograph. Luckily, it turned <laughs> out good, but it could have gone terribly wrong. Um, but yeah, so I so it felt normal, the work aspect of it. It just was crazy of the level it, I was doing it on. Yeah, I guess there wasn't much of a, a stepping stone choreographically wise it went straight from class to bang <laughs> janet yeah yesterday. when when i was when i was driving when i got the call it was seanette called me and then put janet on the phone that was initial that's a long story too i'm making short but she basically i was driving down the 101 to go teach class in agora hills in the middle of nowhere for like five kids <laughs> literally when I got the call to do from Janet to ask if I was interested in choreographing for her. Yeah. So I, I didn't swerve. So. <laughs> like. Oh, I, well, I pulled over, I pulled over on the shoulder and like, and we sat there. I was almost late to my class because she played two songs for me over the phone <laughs> and asked my opinion. I hadn't even like, I had met her before, but not on a work basis and asked my opinion of which one I could roast more. And I was super cocky and was like, both. well, I'll kill both of them. Yes. But, <laughs> but I told her doesn't really matter was if I had to pick one, I'd pick that one just because um, somebody just add, asked what two songs doesn't really matter. And I don't know what the other one was, but I don't even know if the other one ever came out, but. I told her I'd roast both, but I told her I preferred doesn't really matter. Not saying she picked it because of me. That's definitely not the case. But um, but anyways, I went to class still after that. It didn't tell the kids that I'm like, should I? But they're not going to care. And like, yeah. should <laughs> yeah. I? I wanted to tell somebody so bad I had to wait till I got back in my car to drive home to call my girl at the time. And like, you're not going to believe this. You know, you know what? I'm just going to just wait. I'll tell you in person. Like, um, so yeah, it went from teaching five kids to her calling me on the 101 in Yo, a matter must, of seconds. You must have celebrated so hard. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. And and the girl I was dating at the time, uh, you know her, Teresa Espinosa. Yeah. So she 
she had already worked for Janet, so it was really dope because she knew how big of a deal it would yeah, it would be did, for me. She did red velvet and stuff like that, right? Velvet rope, yeah. yeah that's it, velvet rope. Yeah, yeah, and she so she she already knew it was gonna be life changing. So she like, you know, when I got home, I told her she was like, you know, oh shit, yeah, we we celebrated a little bit, yeah, and it was dope because below us in another apartment was. Eddie Morales, Kevin Federline, and uh, one of my best friends, Jimmy Federico, all lived together. So I like ran downstairs and got to tell them, I'm like, yo, guess what? Like, blah, 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 blah. So I'm choreographing for y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Y'all want a job? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fresh. Yeah, man. That's super sick. So now you're obviously. You know, everyone knows you as a worldwide international choreographer. Do you feel like the pressure of that? Like, is it hard being that guy? Like when you walk into teach class, knowing that everyone's looking at you going, this guy could change my life. He could give me a job tomorrow. Uh, I'm not, you know what? I, I, I don't look at it like that. I have my own worries when I walk into class. But I don't really, I've never really thought that. I, mm. But I'm sure people, now that you say that, I'm sure people probably do say that to themselves but i'm i'm literally even though i've taught a billion classes i still get nervous yeah like i don't because so i'm thinking about like my counts my energy uh you know go back to do i know the counts you know mm -hmm. <laughs> like so i i i'm nervous man i don't i don't look at it from anybody else's perspective because i'm worried about other stuff and once i start going then it becomes like second nature and then i you know start you know like i'll start yeah. having conversations with people and it becomes easy um except live classes man i just did another one yesterday and yo that shit is so hard there's no one to vibe off no and i had two assistants i have ivan and natalie there and i try to have conversations with them but it, it can't last too long because you're there for the people at home yeah that's the thing and when you you know like in class you know i always make the same jokes and you know, I'll teach something really hard and then like groups and everybody yeah, laughs, yeah, laughs. And it's a moment and like 45 seconds goes by and you know, oh, you talk and whatever, blah, blah, blah. We, I did it yesterday and I'm like, cool, groups? Oh, all right, no. moving on. Five, six, there's there's nothing, <laughs> nothing, you know, there's the camera guy, you know, who's he's, he's, I can see him smiling, but I'm like, he's not replying. So, all right, well, all right, here we go. And there's no Ooh. downtime. So, but yeah, so I, I'm thinking about myself, man. I'm not yeah. worried about anybody else, but for dancers out there who do come to class, that is your gateway to working with people that you want to work with. Class yeah. is like an ongoing audition. I hate having auditions if I don't need to have an audition. Like if I know the right people for the gig, then cool. Like then I'm going to hire those people. But mm. I always find those people through class. If you look at anybody I've ever worked for, they've come through my class somehow. Yeah, like, for sure. It's not just random. I mean, there's a few exceptions of people that like, you know, an uh, AJ, an Akamon or somebody like that is not taking my class, but he was already established choreographer and yeah. dancer. You know what I mean? But that's 90% of them come through class. So what kind of, for people who are thinking, damn, next time I get to Marty's class, now I know I can impress him. What kind of things, and I guess, what kind of skills and stuff do you look for in a dancer? Besides just being obviously killing the combo. 
Yeah, that that believe it or not, that is like second or third dairy. Like first is following directions. And I say that all the time and I'll continue to say it. Following directions. Um you know, like I plant when I, especially when I teach, I plant all these little Easter eggs and I see who picks them up and what, and you know, and that could be so simple of just one correction, but I only say it once mm -hmm. and I'm going to do that on purpose. And I know what, what thing I'm going to say, like, and what little thing, and I'm only going to say it once because the people who pick that up, it's only going to be a couple people out of like a hundred people. It'll be like five people. And I'll look for those people to see who took that note. And then I know that those people are on a whole nother level, mm. you know? And then I'll also look for the people who don't pay attention to any of the 100,000 notes that I've given the whole class that are just like common sense things that you, sh as a student, you should be doing. And I look for the people who don't, haven't done one of them. And I'm like, ah, oh, they're not ready, not near ready yet. Yeah. You know, then you start looking at the people in the middle and then that's how I do dance ability, you yeah. know, like, but it's so much more important. It's about those little things about the, you know, the mental aspect of it. Um, you know, if, 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 if I tell somebody, especially if I give somebody a correction specific to that person, multiple times and they keep doing it wrong then i'm not then i'm like am i going to trust this person to get on the tour bus you know yeah, on time after, <laughs> on time or is this person going to get left in a different country and i don't want that coming back because i hired them yeah. you know so yeah do you um when hiring dancers is that a difficult process for you because obviously besides your main core of people and say there's 10 of them, they're all so dope. Even when you've got to narrow it down to like four or five, like that's got to be so hard, let alone thinking besides all the dancers in LA. Sorry, say it. Sorry, I missed it. What? So say like, say you're hiring for a job and they're like, we need yep. you and we want four dancers. Like how do yep. you even select those four when you, I guess uh, you, within your company of people, say there's 10, they're all so incredible. Like what yeah. does it go on from there? I, I try to be fair and I try to always have new people that I haven't worked with on a gig. Um, like the only, you know, like yesterday for assisting me, I picked Natalie and Ivan because I could only have two people mm -hmm. and I know that I, they're going to kill it. They're not going to mess up. They know the combo. That's just like a hands down, like easy walk in the mm -hmm. park where it makes no that would make no sense to hire two people who never learn the combo yeah. just learn it for the first time but are really hungry like that just that's not the right gig for them but if it's for like say on this trolls movie i just did each scene that comes along is totally different and has different characters in them and aj who works with me she i leave her in charge of the casting on that but she's okay. basically me so we have a gang of people that we want to work with and people that we've worked with. And we have like files of people. And even if I see somebody in a class, like uh, you're in our file, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. From way back when. Yeah. And you're, we, there, even if there's somebody that in class that I think is dope or has a dope look, but I've never worked with them. Sometimes, you know, I'll go up to them and like, yo, what's your name? Who are you with? And then we'll pull their headshot from that agency or whatever and put them in our file. 
because I always want to work with new people. And so we'll put some of our people that we know we can depend on some new people and just mix it up. And then from there, you can see, you know, it only takes a rehearsal to kind of see how those people work. And then some of them you ask back, some of them you don't, some of them you let go train a little bit more. Um, You know, I also have a thing that I call pre-class that Mm -hmm. isn't a job. You don't get paid, but it's like a people you know, I know who wants to work with me. Like I know yeah. the, it's not hard to figure out. So I try to add new people to pre-class, which is basically just going in a studio hour before my class starts. And it's me getting my crap together. And, but you can learn it as I'm figuring out the counts, you can kind of learn some of it. So that way you can help maybe assist me when class comes. Or if not, just have a little bit. You're helping me out learn how to teach it. Yeah, yeah, you know what for I sure. Mean? They're already so, kind of assisting you in a way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Christian said it's the gold time. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice. But it, but yeah, it, it's kind of like a like a proving ground, like a fight club, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no one an, talks about invitation fight club. only. Yeah, <laughs> and you don't talk about it, and it, it's just a thing, and like and and people get to you know be around other people that they may you know the ivans and the danas and like be around people that they they in class don't get to be around and really watch them you know because they're learning at the same time too and they can test themselves like damn they really are that they don't need to go to that pre-class they can walk in class 30 minutes late and rose but it it I have them in there because, it, again, I, I get to teach them and it helps me, but it also helps the new people soak in them, mm. you know? Yeah, for sure. So I try to keep it I try to keep it fair, man. That's dope. Obviously, you teach so many different people, right, from all over the world. Being in L.A. is like the hub of dance, like people flying in every day from somewhere different. Is there like specific skills or qualities that you notice specific countries bring or don't? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, France is known for that's all the best freestylers, you know, like it's crazy. Um, and it's always been like that, but like choreography wise, like I just did, eh, I think it was in October. So not too, too long ago, me and Phil did a tour Mm -hmm. and we did, I forget how many countries in like 13 countries in 13 days or something nuts like that. We didn't have a day. I think we only had one day off. And uh, it's interesting because like in the UK, like London is like the fastest, but answer it simply, yes. And he, here's the differences that I just saw. In, in, in London specifically, the, the people learning the choreography, it was probably the fastest city of all the cities that I went to. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's crazy is for some weird reason uh i would have to count them in a lot of the time like if there was if there was freestyle stuff and i don't know why because it never was like that before but you know i like to have freestyle yeah, like yeah. A controlled freestyle before my stuff starts so i tell you what count you know whatever and it was if i didn't count them in it was always off. And I was like, what's going on, y'all? I, even, I told them, like, what's, what, this is weird. Like, don't just be computers. Like, 
have a soul. Y'all got to feel this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where, where like in Paris, it's like they're like hungry, like tigers ready to pounce coming in, you know, coming into class. It's just different different vibes in every, you know, and every place where in Holland, Holland used to be like a big stomping ground and there's still dope people there now, but it's a total different type of people. It's mm-hmm. a lot of people like really are thinking about the business side of it and, you know, yeah. come at it in a different way. So it, it definitely is interesting and, but it all changes once you get to LA, Yeah, you know, because sure. <laughs> this is the, this is the all-star of all stars everybody nobody you know barely anybody's from here everyone's from mm-hmm. somewhere else and you got to put on your big boy and your big girl pants and yeah yeah for sure it, you know it's a different kind of pressure here indeed yo this is going to kick us out can i sign us back in yeah, yeah absolutely yeah one moment yeah we're back Yo, Instagram's yep. changing the game, but this one-hour thing kills my life. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> bet like, you they're going to change it now. I bet you they're getting so many complaints because everybody's doing live. Yeah, I bet they're making so much money, too. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> and know. yo, just a heads up, I got like 15, maybe 20 minutes at most. That's okay. That's plenty of time, bro. Yeah. Um. So, on your career, like, is there anything that you haven't had the opportunity of doing that you would have loved to like dance for someone or work with someone is there anything that maybe the opportunity never come along or you turned it down and you wish you hadn't uh i never got to choreograph for Aaliyah, and that's my like i would have roasted even though her stuff was dope fatima and swoop and every tone and rich everybody who came before me aj but that's one artist i would have loved to have worked with man and didn't yeah. get the opportunity um, I always say this, but if, if my career ended today, I would be super happy, man. Mm. No complaints. Um, even though that didn't get to happen, I still choreograph to her music and teach class to it. So for sure, you know what I mean? Um, but, but yeah, I, I'm, I would be super stoked and I've been blessed, man. Yeah, that's dope. And then who is like, who is your, I guess, have you got any like biggest inspirations that like you kind of was like set that as the goal yeah uh i never i didn't want to set goals i knew i wanted to choreograph for big artists like i knew i wanted to do that mm-hmm. um but i i didn't have um I, well janet was kind of a specific goal because i i originally auditioned for as a dancer like two years before i ever moved here mm-hmm. and didn't get it so that was kind of like yo I, i'm gonna work for her and it happened. So that was a goal, but I always try to not set too many goals. Cause then once you reach it, then it, where you can't, where do you go? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like you can move laterally, maybe, maybe whatever, yeah. but I, I still want to do big things, you know? So I, I think like, like from this point on, you know, like I, I want to direct more live stuff, Yeah. you know, sure. that, that, that gives me a lot of, uh, uh, you know, joy to watch something to come to life with, you know, a live audience of 20,000 people or sometimes a hundred thousand people, you know, in a, in a, in one place, you know, hopefully that happens again after this craziness, you know, but that, but th- there's no better feeling to know that like you came up with an idea and it happens on stage and it works and everybody goes nuts. 
you know? Yeah, it's something about live performances, isn't it? Because it's kind of like that instant gratification. It's yeah, like, man, you, you do it. Wait. No, whereas I guess on like a music video or a film, you're like, well, I don't know what it's going to be like. It's out of my control, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 absolutely, man. You got to wait on the edit. You're not in control of the edit. You're not this and that. You know, and there, and there are some funny moments with live stuff is that the instant gratification is if it works, but if it doesn't work, there's also the like, oh, damn, that, I spent a lot of time doing that. Nobody even <laughs> noticed that. Like, Have you had some of them? Oh, all the time. You have, you you have probably well, no, not more of those. You have you have more like yay moments than bad moments. But yeah, but there's stuff that you really think about that you spend like you have dreams about. Like even if it's just something as like uh, a, a formation change, right? Like the oh, I got these people are gonna go up there. all these things that are going to be happening at once with the lights and like, it's going to be so dope. And then it happens and there's not one single person in the audience notices. Yeah. And you're sure. like, Oh, all right. Uh -huh. you have, you, note to self, change that shit tomorrow. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's more about how much you put into it and just nothing happened. Yeah. You know, so have, it happens all the time. Have you got like a favorite moment so far in your career? Like this specific moment where you're like, that's, that's what it was meant to be to a T. Uh, yeah, there, there's not to be cocky, but there's a bunch of those, but yeah. thank God. But like, so, but there's a few like, and not, not a, just talking about like specific things on stage that happened. Like the first time that we ever saw, you see Justified, the yeah. tour, mm -hmm. where the mic flies out of the stage. Yeah. Like, the first time that we saw that, and that, by, by, by the way, we, it came out of another idea. I had an idea of a mic that, and I don't care, somebody can try to make it, y'all can steal it if y'all want, because it's almost impossible to make cool. <laughs> uh, and it cost a ton of money. But I had the idea of a mic being on stage, but it looked like it's floating where the, to the audience, it'd look like it's floating. So it'd be on some sort of wires or a grid of some sort where it basically would like be around, say, for instance, the artist's mouth. And as he's walking, it's, it's just the mic is moving with him. Yeah. So, you know, I, I had this whole thing of like, and different ways he moves and the mic would always, you know, it would drop and he would drop and it would just be fresh. But the people who were in charge of the production of trying to make this happen, hated Marty. And they're, <laughs> they're like, yo, man, this is going to cost so much money. Why can't he just hold it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why can't he just, you know, and I'm like, yo, but it'll be so fresh. I'm telling you. And they, they it just would have caught, it, it can happen, but it costs a lot of money. And then you get to, is it going to be worth it mode? Mm -hmm. You know? So, uh, I don't remember if it was me or Justin, but basically one of us said like, well, can, why can't a, can we just have a mic fly out of the stage or something? And like the production manager was like, yeah, that's easy, man. We can do that in like 10 minutes. And we're like, what? He's <laughs> like, just a mic fly. Yeah, that's easy. It costs like 10 bucks to make. They just got some like CO2 and got a, a saw and draw like a little hinge on a stage and put some CO2 in there. And it, got a mic and like figured out the pressure of how much CO2 it's going to take. And within like, took like an hour, 
But within an hour, we had the coolest $10 gag anyone's <laughs> ever seen in their life. And we're like, well, we just saved like probably like $200,000 on making this contraption that may not work. And this is 10 bucks and it's cool. And it only yeah. took an hour. But you've had some of those iconic moments with Justin. Like you had that, you've had obviously the mic on a stick, uh, like which Dana, I hear you say Dana's husband made. Yeah, I, it was my, my invention, but Dana husband, Daniel, he's the one who actually built it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember Victoria's Secret, like the glitter sprinkle. Like <laughs> yeah. I remember at the time we were like, yo, that's so sick. And now when you think of it, you're like, it's so simple, but it was just genius. <laughs> and you, and you want to know, this is a dope story. Not a lot. I just told this story the other day to my friend, my trick shop buddy, Patrick. What's funny is, you know how that came about? Go on. Uh, if you watch the Victoria's Secrets performance on the runway, it looks like it's glitter on there, but it's not glitter. It's these rocks, like little bitty pebbles, but they're shiny, like black and silver and stuff. And when we were at Soundcheck, like w Justin and I is the first time we saw it and I'm complaining about it. Like we're both like, yo, because we wanted to use it to possibly do choreography on but like, yo, these rocks, like these models are walking in heels. Like how this is, how, this is the worst possible thing for them. And like, and so it basically came out of complaining, like, yo, it, and they keep telling us it looks so dope on camera. It looks so dope on camera. We're not changing it. So we're like, so we basically have to just dance way back there. All right, cool. So we knew that's why in the beginning of my love, he just stays out there by himself mm -hmm. so you at least could you know use it at some point and but at one point i picked up the rocks and i'm like what you know what the hell whatever and did that move and like yo I'm so for the sound check we picked up those little rocks just a few of them and we did it not knowing how it's gonna and we actually had to do it like more out because we didn't want them to like stay on the stage because the rest of the performance, we didn't want to eat it. So we had to like do it like really like outright our arms. So it kind of go back onto the runway and the rest of the performance, the rest of the camera check, I'm just uh, camera blocking. I'm like, yo, it looks dope. I hope it looks dope. And by the time we finished, make it around to the, the cameras and watch playback, we all like lost our minds, like, <laughs> holy shit. Um, but we eventually used glitter. We had somebody go make a glitter run to like a party store. Like, and again, it's probably like a $5 trick, but that's how it came about because of stupid rocks they had out there. And, but that gave me the idea. And then it was just a matter of like having it in our somewhere where a pocket where it's not going to fly out while we're performing. And if you watch the performance back, you'll see Justin look back to me right before we're, we're supposed to go into our pockets, like almost to make sure, like, are we doing this? Because we had to put our hand in while we're doing the shamrock in order to get it out in time to do it. So those are little yeah. gems in there for y'all to go back and watch. Look for yeah, him that's... looking at me. Mm -hmm. And then, and yeah, it's crazy, man. So you two, obviously, since working with him, you've built like a really good relationship. Is it true that in the film, Alpha Doggy has your tattoos? Wow, that's dope. Yeah, that's what absolutely. Is that really yeah. true? Yeah, so he his character got to or had a bunch of tattoos on him. Yeah, because he had his the, the birth year on him, right? 
Yeah, established. And on yeah, my chest, yeah. I have established in my birth year. And then he, he basically, they, I had to go to, he, well, he asked me, he said that they let him, uh, you know, come up artistically, come up with whatever he wanted to do. And he liked the way that mine, some of mine that I had on, like the stars and the established one on my chest. And like, so he asked me like, yo, can I base my character's tattoos off yours? I'm going to add some to myself, but can I do that? And I'm like, yeah, I'd be honored. That's dope as fuck. Yeah, cool. So I had to like go to his house and like they took pictures of me and stuff or whatever and they changed the birth year to match the characters year but yeah man it was it that's crazy you're the first person to ever bring that up in an interview yo that's that's so dope <laughs> yeah man that's, that's so dope man i'll let you bounce this has been a pleasure thanks man i appreciate thank, it thank you so much bro yo it's great to see you been too long, man. Thanks for having me on your, your podcast, brother. No doubt. Stay safe, man. Look after your family. Talk to you later, dog. Later. Peace, bro.